Welcome to A Flow of Words on Scarif Bay Community Radio with Monshannon Arts. New Shoes in Memoriam of Anton Hannawald. Flat soles, ankle high, round shaped with convenient fastness. My father unpacked these black trappings to slip them on once. For a test run behind my wheelie, he joked. A Disney scriptwriter would fit them on baby elephant's feet. I imagine the storyline of Jumpo stomping across the savannah, treading in the footsteps of his herd and learning the walk of life. What an adventure it is to wander the season's path to explore the territory. These shoes shine with solid craftsmanship, made to measure from soft leather. I handle them with care and unfold the generous pouch for big swollen feet. In the nursing home, I consider my luggage allowance for my flight home. Will I bring Dad's only ever bespoke belongings with me? Sentimental weight, orthopedic footwear seems hardly a respectable keepsake. Boots that arrive just in time for him to shuffle, protected and supported onto new terrain. My lovely tall daddy passed on after a hundred years of walking the earth. His new last shoes in my bag, we are flying above the clouds. The man, he lived in the cottage on the small farm at the edge of the bog. He kept a cow, her calf, hens and ducks, a garden where he grew vegetables and potatoes. His black dog kept as close as his shadow. As children, we called him the man. I can still hear the knock on the door, my mother lifting the latch, the man standing there. Tall, straight, so thin his jumper was tucked inside the waist of his pants, belt to spare, looped back in the buckle. His long lined face had twin hollows on either side, thick grey hair fingered back. He reached inside his coat, took his hat from where he held it under his heart, handed it to her. She took it carefully. Three duck eggs in a blue rag nestled in the crown. She set them in a bowl, filled a mug of buttermilk from the brown crock on the dresser handed it to him. He took it with both hands. To remember him is to feel again the pull of some old loneliness that touched my young heart.
Palmer, a tired lady and three pints of Guinness. December 2019, I was standing at the checkout in Supervalue in Castle Troy, clutching a large birthday cake. In front of me, a very elderly gentleman sat in his motorised wheelchair. He was wearing a red baseball cap and his thin grey hair was wispy at the back. I noticed his long, thin, white fingers with their protruding blue veins. He had only a few messages, a packet of chicken goujons, two bananas, a small crusty bread roll and three cans of Guinness. The middle-aged lady on the checkout yawned twice and looked tired. She added up his items and informed him of the cost. He searched in his pocket and produced a bank card. The tired lady proceeded with the sale once, then again, then a third time. She leant forward and in a whispered conversation ensued. The word declined was mentioned once. The three cans of Guinness were moved to the back of the till and the ritual with the credit card was repeated. Still no success. The word declined was mentioned again. By now, the queue had lengthened to seven people. The tired lady leant forward and in hushed tones explained the situation again. The elderly gentleman told her the bank manager had assured him there was no problem with his card. The tired lady turned away slightly and reached into her overall pocket, taking out a small battered purse. She counted out some small change and a five euro note. The transaction was completed, but the three cans of Guinness remained removed and abandoned behind the checkout. I found myself indicating that they were to be included on my card with the cost of my birthday cake. I could just imagine how much better those chicken goujons would taste were they to be washed down with a creamy pint. The tired lady leant forward and placed the three cans of Guinness into the pink plastic shopping basket attached to the front of his chariot and she whispered in his ear that the lady behind had bought the Guinness. He turned around and smiled broadly as his ill-fitting teeth danced up and down in excitement. He thanked us profusely. As he reversed out of the checkout, he informed us that he had plenty of cash that he could have used and he was going straight back to the bank manager to sort out this problem. A gentleman standing immediately behind me had unloaded a laden trolley onto the conveyor belt and just as I was about to leave with my birthday cake, he asked the tired lady at the checkout to put his loyalty points onto my card. The gesture by the tired lady on the checkout had set off a chain reaction and we were all caught up in the karma of the moment. As I left the shop, 
I spotted our friend, the owner of the red baseball cap and the pink plastic basket, handing over a crisp 20 euro note to pay for a very large bag of jelly babies, which were duly placed beside the chicken goujons, the two bananas, the small crusty roll and the three cans of Guinness. I can't help wondering, was he planning to share them with the bank manager? Not fitting the bill. As I went out of a June morning, and a June morning it was pre-dawn, I chanced upon no one at all, and no thing of note chanced upon nowhere, nowhere of stillness. Then, oh, charging through this golden nowhere, a cuckoo's call, declarative call, pure and vibrant call, pulling the rug from under me and my deluxe concerns for the day. Defiant call, laden with chutzpah call, I'm here and I matter call, shrill, steady, cutlass accent call. Cuckoo bird's continuous calling, bodying forth his soul, good, bad, indifferent, no hint of moral judgment in the air, fancy that. Must have been up ages out of the scratcher, my cuckoo. Up before eager blackbird, up before all other dawn chorusers, up and free to be himself, unashamedly himself. So here's to you, cuckoo. May you be ever free and naturally at ease in yourself. May you be always returning, always recalling, always rejigging and realigning the North Star of my tricky, finicky heart. Self-mend Long lying in his beloved land Bachelor Patch, old Patch Who scorned diesel machines Whose cows held names like Maureen And were milked by his gentle hands Who layered ash, elm, willow, rowan Elder, bramble and thorn With a hand axe to make a decent living hedgerow for sheltering bird, beast and man. Who, 
In winter drove his donkey down dark boreens to the flooded bog to fetch turf to light a bright fire. In summer turned the green hay to shapely gilded cocks, tenderly trimmed and daintily combed each tidy stack with a pitchfork like the loose locks of a woman's hair. He never wanted big, shiny, expensive tractors with fancy names, foreign names like Massey and Zetor. Too many bits, too smelly and too much racket, he'd say, when a big, silent, pulling horse would always save the day. He managed each scarce resource with diligent care, tucked his dad's sacred repeater watch into the breast pocket of his old tweed jacket, knowing with every fibre of his being the adage, never enough time to spare. With arthritic fingers, he surgically quartered sprouting spuds, expertly measured the exact depth and space between, and planted each piece perfectly in place, He spoke only when heeded, deaf in one ear, yet heard what he needed, and half-blind, like Rex, his old mongrel cattle-dog, he squinted through wire-framed, thick-lens glasses. Yet, miraculously, each autumn he never forgot a solitary sod of turf on the desolate winter bog. His taste narrowed by poverty, was lifelong, simple and spare. Not a cur for fancy food, whatever the mood, a boiled egg, cabbage and ham, soda bread, black currant jam, two sweet afton cigarettes a day and pots of strong brown tea. A man of the lazy bed, thin lurgan spade and turned sod, a tattered old cloth cap, some well-worn hobnail boots, a shiny, dishevelled open coat that hung loose, and on his legs, self-mended, gloriously patched trousers. He always replied in response to a nosy neighbour's question, I only dress up for God, a funeral, a wedding, or a mass in town. Dressing yourself up keeps other folks down. We're all the same, you know, whoever you are, you know, whatever you do or don't do, we'll all go where the others have gone, so why make a big show? In my lasting memory, I see Patch still tall, stooped and steady yet, though ninety, with a metal hip, grown wasted, ill and thin. When he rose from his handmade stone wall to meet and warmly welcome me as I came in, his shaky, outstretched hand ready to greet me and test my own character as he always must by the firmness of grip, calluses, and hard skin. The greater of each, the greater his trust. Always when I remember him, I see his laboriously, gloriously patched trousers, worn thin and glistering, shiny at the knee, patched beyond all measure and memory, patched beyond all possible patching, patch after patch, 
patch upon patch. A legacy of corduroy, linen, tweed and twill from the first tear sixty years ago until this day. All greens, greys, reds and yellows hedged and fenced in subtle earthy shades, diamonds, medallions and squares, a historic agricultural art treasure, a coordinated zigzag and blanket stitch of thread, these lovely ancient trousers, like his little fields, hedgerows and ditches, held the history of his long, hard life, the warp and weft of dedication in the tapestry of Patch's farm, like himself, an environmental masterclass. You have been listening to Wiltred Dull, New Shoes, Patricia Donlan, The Man, Barbara Hartigan, Karma in Supervalue, Anthony Linehan, Cuckoo Call, Patricia Ann Moore, Planting, and Arthur Watson, Paddy Patch. The music you've heard was from Zoe Conway and John McIntyre, Fuisha Vyosa, Quivin, Keep Her Lit, and Shiva Sale. Thank you for listening to A Flow of Words. <laughs>